Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I have a cold right now, so uh, I'm supposed to do my LAO. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I got some feedback from my daughter's friend, Forty Bader. Oh, no. So, uh, can't be as negative as uh, what my wife says, so that's <laughs> Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> Rain, do you set this uh, intro up, or is this uh, part of the thing? Oh, yeah, I set it up. Nice. Yeah, Rain's Real full nice. up. He doesn't mess around. Real nice. Yeah, you, you've got, you've got skill, dude. You know, Just I know. get play, I see, you know? I see, uh, I see Rain's reels, and I'm like, man, always playing second fiddle, you know? It's just it's how it is. long countdown gotta be honest just got, done with, it's a long time. just got done with the first instrument first instrument check ride i've done in four and a half years oh you have to wear i guess because you don't have a hud without the helmet right it's a suboptimal gotta have one that. gotta have it gotta have it just like that i mean i think we slowly figured this out i have no idea what i'm doing back here so yeah, well, good. yeah we're live so there we go. Welcome everybody. I think. Thanks. We do this every single time, and I mean, it's either Vader or Bender that owns the intro here. So yeah, I think it's me this time. I'll yeah. just, uh So welcome everybody to uh, Bro Chat Eleven. Thank, thankfully, the uh, name is at the top of the screen because I had no idea. Uh, yeah. Flash is back. He is back, uh, and he is going to hang out with us. He's going to tell us all the things that we've been saying wrong, or at least Bender's been saying wrong, just like Billy does about the thirty-five, and then. Uh, and then he's going to help us uh, kind of dive into some other stuff. Um, we may not be able to go in as much detail as everybody would like in some topics, uh, but, you know, we'll talk about some stuff. We want to thank uh, all the Kodiak Shack listeners uh, for joining us for here and then all of uh, Rain's Afterburn podcast listeners. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thanks for all the feedback and all the support because because uh, it's a lot of fun making these. It does take a lot of effort uh, and takes away time from uh, family and friends, but it's totally worth doing. So thanks. Thanks, Flash, for being here. Oh, no problem. No problem, man. Yeah. How'd the instrument check go? There we go. Oh, you know, it went good. Uh, it's good. They're always always uh, a little bit of, a little bit of nervous just jumping in. You could always screw something up, but it went good. Uh, Q1, no hits. Nice. You said that was yeah. the first instrument check ride you have done yeah. in four years? Ah, like the first like full like in the sim uh at nellis uh, and Nellis, we don't do check rides the exact same way uh as everybody as everybody else because like as you're in the syllabus you just kind of knock out the stuff and then it's piecemeal throughout so as long as you get all the requirements of an eval done over the course of the window then but as far as just like going out in the ringer holding instruments like uh just a dedicated sim to it as the first like full sim i've done in uh, quite some time yeah and but, for those watching or listening you have like two types of check rides in the air force instrument check rides mission check rides instrument check rides being able to go out there 
you have to do it you know what once once a year i forget now but go out there show that you can land the aircraft safely shoot an instant approach mission check is going out there breaking things and showing you know how to employ the jet that's a high level one so no Absolutely. one likes check rides. Doesn't matter how experienced no. you are. Like check rides always suck. No, no. They're so I have a question. Way. Yeah. About the F thirty five and EPs, because Bender and I have a mutual friend who's uh, going through the TX currently, and uh, he is not overly excited about the PFO and the FO situation, as well as some of the EPs. Uh, it seems like. The 35 was built. Obviously, it's not trying to be this like massive airplane like the Raptor or the C model, which, uh, you know, air superiority, air supremacy, no big deal. Uh, but it seems like the F 35 has a lot of EPs that are troubling and, and very time sensitive. So the whole like, hey, slow down is not really an option. I, I don't know. I don't fly it. So, uh, Flash Bender, what do you guys have to say about that? I think that. I was I was the exact same way going through the TX, and then uh, Bender, I'd love to hear your take on the whole thing. But you go through these EPs, and they're all terrible. Uh, they have a lot of timer, just like you talked about, Vader. A lot of different timers. You have to get this done within three minutes of landing. This will overheat, and you'll fall out of the sky within X number of uh, X number of minutes. Uh, and then I got experience in the airplane, and it's you need to go through all those or those emergency sims to see all the EPs that could happen to you, but overall it's incredibly reliable. Uh, and a lot of these things are very, very unlikely to occur and just kind of the, the old moniker of aviate navigate communicate still always applies. I haven't actually seen any EP, uh, in, in this airplane, nor heard of one where somebody actually ran into, um, a full on timer where they couldn't, make it ensure they ran the checklist fully got a little bit of backup and were able to do stuff but it, going through that tx it is terrifying because i'm just like this jet is just going to fall out of the sky at all times and I, there's nothing i'm going to be able to do about it and that's not necessarily the case um it was kind of the same transition from when i had two engines to a single engine airplane uh the same concerns i had but then those kind of went away when the, with the reliability of said single engine Okay. That makes sense. Cause, uh, yeah. It, and maybe F 16 has these same kind of, not so much the same reliability, but just the same, like lack of redundancy and stuff. And I just never noticed it cause it was my first airplane. And I'm like, this is how airplanes work. But hearing it secondhand from another fighter pilot who's doing a TX, I was like, that sounds suboptimal. Like the PFO, like, well, can you, do you expect to land out of a PFO if your engine never quits, Bender? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure I understand. Yeah, you should be able to land out of a PFO. Oh, okay. you Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit more difficult because it puts out more thrust than the Viper did at idle. So it's, yeah. uh, so the difference between a flame out landing and a precautionary flame out landing, there's significant enough thrust that you got to fly them a little bit differently. So that is a slightly more challenging than the Viper was, I guess. And then the other thing, it's kind of a different mindset for whatever reason, they didn't like in the F-16 and other jets, I think you have critical action procedures. So there are certain uh, procedures that have been identified as critical, like in time sensitive. So you have to do very specific steps really quickly. In the F-35, they're just like, eh, we don't really want to identify those. So there are none. So you just kind of do your thing, I guess. So there's a lot of stuff like Flash was saying that 
that are time critical, um, like battery timers and oxygen timers and stuff like that, that you're not required to know. And so a lot of guys just don't remember them. It's like this guy. So like, you see something like, ah, I think that's a bad one. I have six minutes. And then you like look at the checks and you're like, oh no, that's not the same one I'm thinking. So it's a little more difficult in that way because you got to manage your own, I guess, uh, the way you run your EPs. How do they, why do they call it a PFO versus a SFO? I don't know is the short, is the short answer. Um, Because what was the SFO? Was it simulated flame out? Yeah, I guess that's simulated versus like precautionary flame out landing pattern. But it is funny that it's like, these are the same, it's the same exact thing you're doing. It just, we call them different things. What we what they essentially did is, was like, hey, you're going to fly a flame out profile so that per, as a precaution, right, in the event that it in the event that it actually flames out. So that's kind of the thing. But when we were in the Viper, I was like, we're going to fly a simulated flame out approach on a profile as a as a as a precaution. So kind of six one way half dozen the other but that that was that was a little bit in a lot of our regs here at hill it still says sfo airspace uh based off of when we had f-16s here so it's all kind of the same thing i the other one that uh for the flame out stuff is that was the biggest issue it's still a big issue for me is that there's not and the f-35 there's nothing hanging out the airplane so if you are are also doing a pfo one that the engine puts out more thrust at idle than the Viper does, but there's also no drag to slow it down. And so there's no pylons, there's no tanks, there's no targeting pod, there's no HTS pod, there's no wingtip missiles, anything like that. That So if you get going fast and you put the nose down to get on that profile to, to round out and land, you get screaming. And that was something that I had to kind of figure out. And like the line between being able to land it and being going too fast is pretty thin uh so that was a big thing for me and uh, i didn't do so hot at it today uh to be perfectly honest with you, but uh it worked out <laughs> once i heard though, i assume there's things that you would do precautionary like flame out landings for in the viper and you're going to high key but they started doing that in the f-35 and then like you said like it's too fast you can't slow that thing down so now there are things that you would do a simulated flame out landing or a precautionary flame out landing pattern for in the viper that you wouldn't do in the f-35 is that true Yeah, I would, uh, there, there's a few, there's a few things. Uh, it's really all the same, but the only big one is the, is the communication between the computer and the engine is a little bit different. So there's a few engine EPs that are pure computer to engine communication, like with the FedEx, like a lot of the airliners have, um, that the Viper ne- didn't necessarily have. So you could just have a fault in the software. And you would want to do a precautionary flame out because in the event that the engine quits because of a severing of the communication in the software, but it's going to give you that uh, icon and it's going to give you that indication that you might have to do that. That wasn't necessarily a thing. So it seemed to me that a lot of the stuff is more, or you're adding a, a few software based engine problems versus mechanical engine problems like the hide oil light and uh things like that so that was kind of the the difference between the two jets that i that i kind of found gotcha flash you might have to do a viper reset on your uh your earbuds there it's like uh crackle in there but and while that happens 
Bender, you probably can a- or answer what happens if 35 screen or HUD fails. It's just a helmet. Yeah, so the HUD is in the helmet. So if you have an HMD fail, which is what we call it, a helmet-mounted display, uh, then you do have HUD repeaters on the screen, so you can bring up on the screen what you would normally see on your helmet. So when we do an HMD out approach, it's not too bad because you just put a HUD up on these, you know, this giant, what we call a PCD. Uh, so the big screen right there, it's like, what is it? Five, like five by seven, I think. So it's pretty big. It's bigger than, or it's the same size as like a Viper HUD just sitting there. So it's not too bad. If you lost your HMD and your PCD, uh, then I guess you're going to do a, I don't know. This shouldn't happen to me is probably the best answer to that. But <laughs> I would probably fly on somebody's wing until I saw a runway and then go land on it. Because uh, yeah. if you're going through the weather with that, uh, you got like a standby little thing and that's about it yes do you have like a stand are you doing something the hud the only real hud out landing i did i guess i did a couple of them with gin fails i was really like one deployed and it'd been like four months so i did a hud out landing and came back with a bunch of bombs and a bunch of gas but like looking at the aoa tape and again for those like listening or watching like it's between your legs it's not ergonomic at all you're like looking outside trying to fly your aoa tape the angle of attack which is what you need to land on. It's like, it was a suboptimal approach that I shot uh, going in there, even like on the wing, you're like this sucks. So do you have an AOA tape or like, as soon as we're doing that 35, right? We used to, we do land AOA, but that's all, you know, in the HMD or on the PCDs flashing back me up. So flash, one thing we should say is flash is OGV. So he is the expert on emergency procedures in the F-35. <laughs> so that's important. So I defer all difficult questions. To <laughs> but, uh, the only standby we have, I think it's just a standby like horizon, like a, we call an SFD standby flight data, right? Is that right? Flash. <laughs> I'm not in my window. So this is, this is a low threat situation for me. <laughs> <laughs> See if it... Well, first off, how's it sound? How do I sound? It's still choppy. I'm not sure what, what freaked out at the beginning of this. Yeah, it was doing good, and then it decides not to because we gotta get the mic fixed because we got. I mean, we're gonna have to talk about balloons. Yeah, at some point. Well, and while we're trying to fix that, we gotta. How, how's this? I think yep, that's probably better. For some reason, yeah, I was just uh, it was it was choppy. I don't know. Some EM I spectrum here. Product man. Yeah, I gotta pull up get a studio. There's yeah, there, but, there's a balloon yeah. floating somewhere over you and just just calm jamming you. It's just like that's gonna be the real thing, dude. Dude, I'll tell you. Uh, Bender makes a makes a nice joke about OGV. I'll tell you. Uh, there's there was the joke that I always said that if you have a if you have an EP that requires intimate knowledge of JTD slash Dash One procedures, the person you don't want on your wing is a weapons officer. It's like don't know. Like and now I'm now I'm OGV and it's just the best. Uh, but yeah, That's but, like, you know, you know how to like go out there and kill and break things really well. And the jet, yeah, you know, like, like you can, so. yeah, you can, you can read a checklist if need be. Right. That's right. That's right. If it's not in the checklist, look out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rain, I saw one. That's a interesting question. You mind if I throw it up? Oh yeah. Click away. There we go. Uh, so this is from, uh, 
D Griffey 649. Uh, Bender, could you kill Vader before he ever saw you? Or uh, Vader is the C just as BBR capable as obese Amy. So uh, Bender, Amelia, what do you think? that's pretty creative. I like Amelia. that. Oh yeah. I like that. What do you think? So the first part of that question, could Bender, Bender, could you kill Vader before? You? Yeah, definitely. Not a chance. Even in a Viper, I could probably kill Vader before. You ever saw him. <laughs> He's in a C model. He got this you just told, like, piece of metal. Yeah. <laughs> All I gotta do is be like thirty degrees off of him, and he'll never see me. Though, if he's flying a V three radar and never figures out how to tune the thing, then That's he could true. probably see an F sixteen far enough away to catch me. But in a no, I think a F thirty five stands a pretty good chance of getting the Vader before he can find it. Well, I'd say isn't that the assumption? Is that a a C model esque aircraft that other countries have made? The 35 is built to effectively be unobserved to merge with them. Is that the goal? Yep. If it's only so, our big limitation is that we don't have that many missiles. So if it's just me versus Vader, he's going to die because I'm going to shoot all four missiles at Vader. And two of them will probably be valid. And then one of those is probably going to be a PK, high PK that it fuses on him. So I like my odds. <laughs> yeah. Flash would be able now, to do it with one missile probably. It's a big plane though. So I got a lot of, you know, I've got redundancy. I've got, That's you true. know, two, three, who knows how many generators? Nobody knows. <laughs> I don't. Uh, but yeah, you know, there's, I think the C model, it has a, so, I mean, science, which I am not a scientist, but scientists have told me things that uh, the size of the radar array and the power that goes to that radar array creates a very capable piece of hardware so even though the f-15c is an old platform with a slightly newer radar um as compared to the c model platform it's old compared to the 35s radar it's a big radar so it's got a lot of power uh so it's it's capable of of seeing you know fighters and in uh at distances uh but the problem is are those distances relevant uh when they can see you really really far away and you can't see them as far uh so that, that'd be the problem. The The goal would really be Bender's out of missiles. I don't see him and we merge. And then that's that's where the fight starts. And then that would be a good fight, I think, which we need to set that up one of these things. Yeah, we definitely, we should, definitely, we should well, Flash should go out first, fight you. Just make sure, like, actually, well, I'll go first so you're not warm. And then you can yeah. fight Flash. <laughs> well, Flash can fight the and then you and I will fight each other. No. I just hope the missiles are as good as the jet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, burning through a lot of missiles these days, you know, yeah. bleeding that stockpile Bro. out there. Build more. That pretty expensive latex, you know, yeah. balloons. Raytheon execs are just, I mean, I wonder what kind of yacht they bought today. You know, <laughs> they're just like going to the bank. Oh, just all, all the cash. So I've heard a lot of arguments on... So we'll get into it. We'll talk about the balloons. You want to, Rain, you want to open it? I have questions about shooting it with the bullets. Has anybody thought about this yet? Instead, oh, of I've heard. So I'm curious to get, especially Flash's opinion on this, as he's much smarter than us, as we've alluded to. But I've heard guys with um, like Afghanistan days with the, you know, tethered balloon with, you know, over a fob that's gotten cut loose. And they want to get it before it flies into Iran. I've heard two stories: one of a Viper, one of a Strike Eagle, trying to strafe these balloons, and it 
is uh, not a pretty sight. Like one guy saying he's almost going out of control. It's just tough to shoot. I mean, you're going, well, I don't know, probably going 350, 400 knots, and the balloon is going 20, 20 knots maybe as it's floating along. I don't know how true this is or not, but I've heard it's actually pretty difficult. Um, so I don't know. Flash, what what do you think? What do you guys think? I don't know. I I think the 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 controllability and the I mean the closure is a factor. Yeah. But but if you're going if it's just kind of stationary in space, uh, but as far as some of these things, I mean the the one over uh, off the east coast, like they were really really high. So getting up there was we're almost talking service ceiling of the airplane where you're having to wear different equipment before you like if you're going to get up there and actually like gun it the other uh situations the last three days in a row i haven't checked the news a whole lot whether we've had it for make it four in a row but uh i don't know the altitudes like high altitude objects i don't know how high um doesn't necessarily matter but like it's the one one that was the balloon was getting up there to get in lead and plane and in range to shoot the gun is is going to be a factor um to to do that but as far as utilizing the missiles to be able to do that uh that's that's kind of the case and then also not necessarily speculating but uh potentially knowing uh some of the guys that got to do some of these things is they're also being asked to uh take these things down in very specific parameters uh so that they can uh do things uh to be able to observe what they are uh, but I don't know what those parameters are, but it might not, uh, be a gun with potentially. Yeah. The other interesting piece, like the one off South Carolina, I don't know if this is true or not, but trying to shoot that inside the territorial waters of the United States, but I don't know what the winds are at that time. Right. You can assume the jet stream. I mean, it's probably at least 70 knots, if not 130 knots at that time. So really as you're, you know, one tracking, if you just think, I mean, I'm thinking about like a complex problem, like this balloon that's getting blown rather quickly, finding it, targeting it and shooting it in a 12 mile window. That's not very, that's not a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to so, want, you're going to want a little bit of the flexibility of having a, having a high speed missile, but, but yeah, the answer, the overall answer to the, why aren't these being gunned down? We don't know. Well, folks, uh, but uh, that's a, it's, but it's a, it is an interesting time. It's a wild time to be alive. I think we could say with confidence that if we were the decision makers, they were like, you guys just go, like, take this down how we want. There would be some balloons that would have been gunned down by this point. Well, we would have attempted to gun them down. I should say that. Yeah. <laughs> Try to. I, mean, so I got the option for it. We're, we're trying to gun things. Well, that's, uh, I mean, Bender and I had a squadron commander a while ago and, uh, I mean, a pretty, pretty common fighter pilot. I don't want to say it's a dare, but it's about as close to a dare as you can get. You know, he'd, he'd say stuff like, you don't have a hair on your butt. We'll keep it PG. Uh, if you don't try. And then he would like, as a commander, like pretty much tell you like, come on, like, don't be a sissy about it. So I, I mean, you know, everybody talks about turning on the gun. So, uh, Mine is at some point somebody's got to try it if they've got the latitude for it. Yeah, at this point you need a hero to go out there and just conquer it. But 
It was. So Raptor F-16 have taken these down. Why hasn't F-15 taken one down yet? We can leave this to Vader. Does that have anything to do with who's carrying the warheadless A-9 on the day? Yeah. But yeah. Why haven't you gotten in the fight, oh. Vader? What, what, what's your community doing? I think they're waiting for me to get through MQT. They're like, yeah. you know what? We got a we we got a ace in the hole. It's Vader. He's uh sooner or later I'll be the guy. No, it's uh so most most jets that are flying around doing training are flying with the CADMs. So the they don't have rocket motors, they're not real missiles, they're just like concrete that we hang on our wings for our training and stuff. Uh so the only jets that are unless they're set up to go take off and do this mission are the ones that are sitting alert. So I do know that F-15s have been scrambled or launched. I don't know if they were scrambled, but they were launched to try to intercept one of these. And, uh, and they weren't able to make it happen for one reason or another. I don't know exactly why, but for some reason, uh, they, they either weren't able to intercept or find or whatever the, the process was. Uh, so they, they had an opportunity. Uh, they just, they missed out. So it seems like the the Raptors were the first ones, which I mean, maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I'm the only one, but I was like, if the Raptor wasn't the first one to shoot one of th these things down, I would have been surprised. Cause again, you're like justifying this like super expensive, like air to air fighter. Uh, and then F-16s, you know, they, there's a ton of F-16s that are sitting alert. So I would assume they, they were going to get one at some point. I think that answers the question of why did it take, why did it cross the entire United States before anybody shot it down? <clears throat> it's because the Elmo F-22s couldn't, you know, they couldn't like strap missiles on. They had no idea how to do it. So they waited until they could get the Langley F-22s. It took them four days probably to get the missiles on the jets. Like, does this thing work? Is this turning on? And then they could um, finally do it. That's my guess. I think that's, that's probably 100% accurate. And I'm, I'm sure that's exactly what happened. We can't do this. How do we do this? Right. How do we put missiles in this thing? <laughs> Well, the, uh, has everybody else seen it better? And I saw it on our first deployment where you would, you would see bad people doing bad things in a bad area. And you're like, Oh, it's easy. We're just going to drop a bomb. And they'd be like, Nope, just keep an eye on them. Strike Eagles are going to show up in an hour and a half. They're going to drop on it. And, uh, there's, there's so much like politicking and, and stuff like that going on where it's gotta be the right people dropping the right weapon at the right time. Because there's, you know, it's it's also a show, so it's not it's not just the the fight. Yeah, I think there's a lot more here that uh, was obviously not being said, and for various reasons and, and right reasons there. But I do think it's interesting. I saw China today, and I mean, who knows? They're claiming that we've been flying balloons over China now, right? Like that's like their their standard response, which is interesting. Because again, I'm not a scientist, but like the I have flown out of China with like a 190 knot tailwind. Like I would think it would be tough to get a balloon going westbound into that kind of wind over China. Now, maybe, maybe, you know, we got rocket motors on our balloons and we can make it happen. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, tip for tap, maybe we do this kind of thing. But it is funny how it kind of goes back and forth. But the geopolitical aspect of this, like flying over a nation, Lots of reasons why you might let it go across the country for a little bit. And then now we're not going to play the game. But I think this is a good question that came from Patreon as well, which is like, what's the applicable law here when it comes to shooting it down? Is it considered a vehicle with the same rights as an aircraft with respect to rules of intercept, warning, VID, et cetera? This is 
I don't know. I'm not a lawyer either. So I'm not a scientist, not a lawyer. Well, Flash being OGV is probably about as close to that as we've got. <laughs> yeah. He is the law. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No, that I I I think it's a great question. Like I thought about this a lot. And like as far as like the laws and rules going to shoot it down, you know, it, it really doesn't because I we were looking at, I mean, it's, it's a potentially class A airspace. So you just have to be in communication. You have to have a flight plan in this class A airspace. And if it's going to be a factor and or, or a safety factor to civilian aircraft, then that's going to be a problem. And so we don't normally just shoot things down that violate airspace unless it is a state actor. So from what we know about the, the other ones, we're not necessarily sure what state or entity these things came from. Uh, we're pretty sure on the first, we're pretty sure on the first one. Um, but as far as, as far as the laws to go ahead and shoot those things down, they haven't really been made up yet. Uh, I actually found one, there's like title 18 of the U S code talks about shooting down drones over the United States, over personal property. And there's like a bunch of different caveats. None of them apply here. So when you're kind of looking at some of this stuff where you're looking at just like rain was talking about now, these are just geopolitical soft rules. And do you and do you violate them? And do you make the rules now because a suborbital potential ISR asset that crosses our airspace at somewhere between 30 and 70,000 feet or whatever they define as space now, if it's a suborbital ISR asset and we shoot it down, then that now sets the rules for all suborbital ISR assets from any country. And potentially we don't want to make the rules on that one uh, because depending on what we do uh, on certain on certain things like RC-135s, all kinds of different stuff that are out there doing completely legal uh, intelligence gathering or even atmospheric uh, data gathering, things of that nature. If you set the rules, then now somebody can play by your rules. And that's kind of an interesting thing to take a look at. And then the other one is as these things are coming up, I think uh, it's very interesting the amount of resources, time and energy that is now being devoted to a lot of this different thing on whether we can shoot these things down or the fact that it just gets shot down now. And those are the types of things that is a new kind of era in how we think about some of these things. It's going to be super interesting. But as far as the applicable law, it hasn't really been written down because we haven't ever experienced anything like this in a peacetime environment in a very, very long time. I think it presents some unique challenges too, because like you said, this peacetime environment, we're talking about balloons, which most people scoff, right? We've been, you know, waiting for the hordes to cross the line and fighters and bombers were used to satellites, but now, you know, jumping back and decades of technology, although this is more advanced, there's stuff out there open source. And I was watching a video the other day of like the Beijing balloon, whatever company you want to call it. And just having these like nano drones dropping off, like going places. So the security threat from this becomes a very real threat and not saying that's what this was, right? Cause we don't know that, but if you just look and put, you know, two and two together, the threat of what a balloon is actually capable of could actually pose a significant security risk, intelligent risk, et cetera. So. Yeah. Kind of like the last time you, the last time you guys had me on, we talked about what does the war with China look like? And we kind of answered it that it looks nothing like any war that we've ever had before. 
both on the lethality scale and how it's going to be fought. And now, did I ever think that balloons were going to be uh, the answer? Uh, not, ne not necessarily, but I don't think we're there. I don't think we're not there, but at the same time, it's just different and it's different mentalities, it's different mindsets, different decision-making matrices that you're going to be kind of going through and the different types of threat. And now it's just a little bit dialing up the temperature over however long uh, before you get to a point where, okay, this isn't acceptable anymore. And are we just going to allow this to be the daily norm? Because for the last three days, it's been the daily norm. And a lot of people are asking what's going on, but it's a, like I said, wild time to be alive. And some of the stuff is going to have to get figured out pretty soon. And it's interesting. Like you see like all the congressional hearings that are going on about, it's like, how could we allow this to happen? And you're just like, well, we don't have any really laws about it. So we should probably be thinking about this and, getting getting with your counterparts and kind of go from there from the different uh diplomatic uh approaches to things and it's like basic stuff too that almost like conditioning so who knows like what's going to happen with china taiwan hopefully nothing or it's all peaceful right but the same tactics i looked at like with isis and i remember the, you know, the jordanian that got shot down while we were there and then ended up getting murdered like they conditioned their victims their prisoners like a mock execution, do it a hundred times, but on like, you know, 101, that's when it happens. So when you see these people getting executed, you're like, why aren't they fighting? Well, they've been through a hundred mock executions and they think this is just another one of them. So it's like, yeah, you start floating balloons. It's more conditioning of like, yeah, you're, you're gathering intel, seeing how your enemy or how your perceived enemy is reacting to it. You're wasting yeah. time, resources. Like there's, there's a lot that goes into here. So. And unfortunately, with that kind of stuff, with national security, with national security, you can't have a boy who cried wolf scenario where you tune it out. Like you just can't. Yeah. And so that's kind of the that's the interesting part of this thing going forward. Yeah. What what an interesting interesting time. Yeah, to say to say the least. So, man. Yeah. Just as a final thought, there, I encourage you all to write your congressman and ask them to have the F-35s from Hill take over the responsibility of shooting <laughs> these things down. You know, we got we need a lot of test points for the F-35. If we could get those, that'd be great. So, write them. Yeah. Who need, who needs to go to a, an archer, a combat archer, when you can just go fly, shoot some of these? Yeah. Get those test points. Those jets. I mean, they're launching missiles off the rails, updating the log there. Like, yeah. Again, I didn't know that until I went to Archer that, you know, basically tracked every single shot from every single jet from every single station. But, yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. It's crazy. I just, you wonder, kind of like Flash was saying, like what, you'd never expect this. And then what's next and and how does this kind of continue? Like where where does it stop or how does it not continue to just kind of snowball into other random areas of conflict but i don't know yeah i've heard some like smart people who i think are smart like talk about this you know talking like 2024 your you know taiwan's elections the u.s elections that could be a pretty spicy year like if you're going to start doing things maybe not well, especially with 2025 as uh some people might have saw that uh that memorandum whatever it was oh the, yeah uh, about 2025 that's that's the year hopefully it's not but that's the year yeah do you want you want to talk about the mem memorandum i mean you might be more full up i only just glanced it on the the meme pages 
Yeah, I'll be honest. I mean, I read it, but uh, <laughs> I didn't retain much of it. I think a lot of it was uh, so, and you guys know better than I because I forgot even who wrote it. But uh, but the yeah, but but overall, it was pretty much just a letter from the the Magcom commander, the letter to, numbered Air Force. Doesn't matter. Yep. I think uh, it is AMC, 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 AMC commander. AMC, yeah, AMC, AMC so, commander. Yeah. Pretty much talking to all the people in Air Mobility Command, pretty much saying like, "Hey, 2025 may be it," and if it is, and then it kind of gave a guide of what to what is expected of them in their in their execution and in employment. And it was, I would say, it's pretty hardcore. No offense to AMC, but it's pretty hardcore for Air Mobility Command. You know, again, like they move a lot of stuff around the world, and that's legit, uh, but shoot for the head this so this is one line from it i'm not smart enough to share it right but two-page memorandum but all amc's air mobility command aligned personnel with weapons qualification will fire a clip into a seven meter target with the full understanding that unrepentant lethality matters most aim for the head um you know i mean they're getting ready yeah that's hardcore that is that's good stuff a lot of people make fun of in fact one of the (laughs) when they scrambled the you see the meme so they scrambled the KC 135s to try to take out the balloon. So it has like all their little flight data, like circling, trying to get to the. Anyway, it's pretty funny. Uh, but I mean, I love the attitude. I think it's freaking awesome that he's gung ho. I mean, he's in the wrong uh, Magcom, but whatever. But yeah. that's my kids. I don't know if you guys can hear them through the yeah, microphone, yeah. but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a podcast without Bender unless there were some kids involved. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds weird. But Bender has a lot yeah. of kids, so <laughs> I knew one day I'd be doing podcasts. I'm like, I gotta have seven kids so that spice it up a little bit in the future. But uh, I was gonna say that I mean, in Afghan. I gotta throw out you know kudos to the AMC boys because in Afghanistan they were doing some crazy stuff where they were they didn't have the the backup or the you know their commanders. They were just told like get people out and they were doing stuff with those airplanes that you know had never been tested had never been verified that that was going to work and they made it happen they did a pretty amazing job out there Uh, yeah i'd say not to make i'm not making fun of them um it is interesting i guess the aspect of this memo like it starts off with it i'm hope i'm wrong my gut tells me we'll fight in 2025 g secured third term and set his war council in october 2022 taiwan's presidential elections are 2024 oh he mentions it too there and we'll offer Xi a reason. We also have them in 2024. So I guess the fact that it was such an open and blatant letter, uh, memo kind of, st- I mean, obviously stating what we all talk around and gets talked about was interesting uh, to me. I imagine there's some politics too at the at that level in and amongst um, different four stars, Secretary of Defense, President, et cetera, that makes it kind of interesting. So I mean, I don't yeah, I don't think he's wrong. It's just interesting that it was such an open letter that basically publicized and put out there like this is what we need to do. But it's a whole, whole well, that, that's kind of the question, right? Is there's there's a time and maybe Flash has more knowledge about this once he gets his uh, life together. See, last time Flash was there, I had heinous connectivity issues and now Flash has them. So it's just uh it's just not 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 a great combination for internet here uh but the either way the uh it's it's the question of like do you do you talk about it openly do you let everybody know what you're thinking what you're planning or do you like keep a secret so you have a sucker punch you know and and i don't know i don't know what is 
is more beneficial, you know, like letting them know so they don't try anything or, or don't let them know so you can surprise them when they try something. I don't know. Maybe I'm being so vague that it's, it's lost its meaning. What do you think? Flash? <laughs> I, oh, I think yeah. I'm, I'm actually kind of, I, I was kind of with, kind of with vendor and apologies. Yeah. I'm, I was having some connectivity issues just went away. No big deal. Uh, He's but back. like, it is very easy. It, the language and the, um, intensity was very easy to make fun of but uh i don't hate it like you like what what do you want him to do do you want him to, like do you want the leader the highest ranking person in your major command to sit there and and say hey i don't want us to be ready but right the language is very easy to make fun of i completely understand that but i didn't hate it um and if you know the guy if you saw him at a and heard him talk about some of that stuff is that's exactly who that guy is and he's going to get his people fired up and he's going to and that's how he's going to communicate and more power to him man yeah again that's what i'm kind of curious yeah it was it was so out front uh or so out there but again that's like you said that is what you want i mean this is a topic we all talk around so I want, I just kind of curious, like maybe, you know, Hey, you need, uh, your four star to go out there and say this, you can't have your sec def say it. Cause if your sec def says it, then it's okay. We're going to war, but, um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty in your face. Yeah. And, and you're right flash. Cause I think, you know, you want to, you want to have that intensity and you want everybody to have that kind of killer instinct where I think in, in the fighter community, it's, it's, it's very baked in. I mean, day one of IFF, they're like, Hey, you're, you're here to, you know, kill bad guys and, and break their things. So it's, it's just part of it. So you, you expect to hear things like that. So I think it does it kind of caught me off, off guard or by surprise hearing it from there, but you're right. Like I would, I would rather have that kind of a statement than, than the alternative of like, Hey, let's, let's not get anybody hurt. You know, let's make sure we've got all our TPS reports done or whatever, you know, BS stuff that we don't care about anyway. So save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app, get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty-nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty-nine 49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Somewhere in there, I'm sure it says, like, make sure your OPRs are turned in 45 days before closeout. <laughs> yeah. 2025, yeah. just in case. Well, to it your happens. commander, you know, 45 yeah, days yeah, prior to the 45 days, you know. <laughs> yeah. Which, one plug for the reserves real quick. They don't even put them on the slides until they're 45 days overdue to your commander. It's great. That 45-day <laughs> extra window there. It's perfect. Uh, Which how you, theoretically... How do you know, how do you know that? Yeah, I'm getting pretty close. I'm actually interested to test if they if they actually know when the 45 days for me will be. We're going to find out here in about a week. So. <laughs> well, now they know. <laughs> but yeah, but you now, think that... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so now, now it's out there in the open. But yeah... Oh, I was just going to say, theoretically, that's how it should work, right? You should have the entirety of the 12 months to do things. And then after 12 months, then you start cataloging it and then you submit it rather than 10 months into the 12 month period, 
you already need to have written it and submitted it for writing then rewriting. So you really have like six to eight months to actually do things. And then the rest of them, once you submit that OPR, you can just skate for like three or four months. So not that I've ever done that. I just always skate. So yeah. Jokes on Obviously. Them. Yeah. <laughs> it just drives me crazy. This is, about, this this is, is way off topic. topic. We went from China to what OPR. We to talk about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, nice. This mayor's lost control. Someone yeah. needs in this comment section oh, to find yeah. what a Chinese OPR looks like so we can see how often yeah. do they do it? Do they put that's like, right. they fill up all the white space? Like that's pretty important. So try to look through here. Let's see some comments. There's no Chinese OPRs in here, but there, I mean, there's some good comments. Here's I right, let's get oh, back yeah. to um here we'll, from OPRs to this. That's for nice. Flash. On the last uh, live, oh. I think the majority was F six. You know, what planes would you fly you know, if you were going uh, graduating UPT? F sixteen, F thirty five, F twenty two. What would your dream sheet be today, knowing now what you see the future of the U.S. Air Force? Has it changed in just a few months, or are you still thinking Viper F thirty five, F twenty two? Nah, nah, it'd be the same, man. Um, yeah. All right. Well, actually, my bad. Yeah, like. Like the last time when I was talking about the Viper, I, I want, like, I would have done the Viper because that kind of laid the groundwork for, uh, what I was going to do with my professional career. It probably stayed the same. It'd be up in the air, whether you'd want to go to the F-35 now, because now F-35 is written close to, uh, 12, 15 years, I like closer to the 10 year point of IOC and kind of going there. So you can start there. And we've got a little bit more vetted tactics to where you're able to uh, kind of build that and develop as a young fighter pilot in the F-35, in the uh, kind of the newest fighter that we have. And then now it's kind of the the next generation uh, that you'd be transitioning from. So I wouldn't change anything. Uh, nothing changed in the last couple of months. Uh, but it was slowly, potentially, I would say give another year to where the F-16 would be a little bit of an afterthought and I'd be wanting the F-35 uh, for the most part. But, uh, but yeah, not a whole lot's changed. It's uh, it's good. I was, I was saying I, I had that, me and Bender were talking today. Today's the, uh, the 14th anniversary of me finding out that I was going to go to uh, navigator school instead of pilot training. Uh, Facebook reminds me every single year uh, that uh, that was my job, my second job actually, but I got logistics first, then waiting list, combat systems officer, and then I got my pilot slide 10 days before graduation. I don't know if we talked about that last time. I don't think we did, but uh, it was the reminder uh, that I wasn't, that uh, my being a pilot in the Air Force was not a predestined path uh, for myself. So every day that comes up, that's always a, a good a good reminder of kind of where you came from and what you should be now if, or if the when you're going through it 14, 13 years ago. Man, almost. You'd have been a full up Wizzo, though, I got to say. Probably yeah. the only Wizzo <laughs> I'd be cool with having on the bro chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Sorry, Paco. Who knows? Paco, Who knows, if you're listening, man. we love you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I mean... that was directed at Paco. So he knows that <laughs> Just specifically Paco. Uh, honestly, I did have. Uh, who is it? I'm blanking on him now. Reem, he's Wizzo out of the weapon school teaching. 
he sent a message about coming on the podcast and maybe dispel some of the strike eagle wizzo myths that maybe or maybe or maybe not that I've spit out over the past few months. I'm surprised we have anyone that flies a strike eagle listen to the podcast anymore. I'm sorry, but you know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like why do we want to dispel the myths? I mean, we're creating the myths. Like, right. Right. Yeah, Let's these are facts. Going. We're yeah. etching them in stone. Right. So now it's forever written. Yeah. I the, uh, any updates on uh, like uh, the, the block four 35s? Like, are they on their way? Are they showing up to Hill anytime soon? So a little bit of the, <laughs> a little bit of the block. <laughs> a little bit of that. Some of the block, like the block four F thirty five. So you look at like the, like it's totally fine. Like hardware, software uh, reintegration, adding to the ability for the airplane. The big one is like how I've gotten a little bit smarter on how test works. Is like we don't actually know what block four is actually going to look like once the two mesh together, and kind of got there. You get some hardware changes. You got a lot of software changes, but those hardware changes. Once you get those integrated into the airplane, and then now you start to develop the software that needs to occur to interact with the hardware to get you the capability that you want. We don't even know what that necessarily looks like at the moment. It would be it, it's a fast process what happens, um, but that's not anywhere very very close to being on being on the horizon for the most part. Uh, but a lot of really uh, cool and smart people are 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 working on it, and like those are the things that people are kind of doing. Uh, as far as like those showing up on the streets at, at Hill anytime soon, it's not on the horizon at the moment. Uh, but then one day when it is on the horizon, it'll happen relatively quickly. Uh, as far as that stuff is, we know what the end game capabilities are supposed to look like, but the integration between the hardware and the software up updates are uh, still kind of in their infancy, to be perfectly honest with you. Was yeah. Billy saying, did it's I hear him correctly cool, for the block four? It's got to be a new motor upgrade in order to power everything? Or am I way off? Uh, it's not a new motor. I, is it I am unsure. Yeah. I am unsure. Yeah. That might be new. That does not sound uh, like anything. Drop power. Yeah. yeah. I just made that up. But it's yeah. going to be an awesome oh. motor. Yeah. It's good. That new motor is going to be great. Super That's good. Right. I. Yeah. I thought it already had a new motor. I mean, yeah. the new plane. <laughs> the, that's uh, true. Good well, that's what I know. The the merge or the merge newsletter talked about it a while ago about how just all the the power requirements, all the different things, like what they're what they're trying to do. But I think this happens with every platform. You know, they're like, hey, we need this new update for the Raptor, or the the Vipers, if you want to keep them around. So, what else yeah. we got here? Yeah. Got some good stuff in there. A couple little Jamex uh, and Scorpion. I'll take that one. Yeah, you've yeah, done both. seriously, right? Yeah, the the Jahimix and Scorpion. So I had Jahimix in the Viper, and I had Scorpion in the A10. Scorpion is the cable helmet I've flown, in my opinion. Um, I don't. It probably wouldn't get uh, all of the jobs done uh, that we would need for air-to-air -air type stuff. Uh, that's not what it's uh, generally made for. Uh, but the Block 30 Vipers fly with Scorpion uh, with the monocle uh, uh, system. So the Himmet, uh, Scorpion Himmet is kind of what it's called. <clears throat> uh, but those guys, but it's a super capable air-to-ground helmet. And it was awesome. 
and I wish I had it back. Because you have color. But as far as like, it's not. We got a lag. Say one again. Flash. I was, yeah. I was saying uh, you, with the scorpion, oh. you have you have color, right? Where you, I mean, you can throw down like flots, the forward line of troops, like those type things. When you're looking out, you can actually see yes. that stuff on the ground, which is huge. I would think. Yeah, color, um, and yeah, that's the that's the thing. The NVGs go like over the monocle, so you still have because in the Jahimics, you, yeah, I don't know what we can talk. I, yeah, we're. I think we're fine, but uh, but you can use MVGs with the helmet-mounted device, and so that's nice, uh, and so that's kind of the that's the the goodness of that thing. But I love the scorpion. I don't I don't mind I didn't mind him either. Uh, I just I just really enjoyed the scorpion. Uh, like I said, I kind of wish I had it back. Here's a question for you, Flash, because the Uplook Pippers we've talked about on the podcast before, Vader, like you're like syncing up the and i guess calibrating the uplook pippers right every single time oh now you're muted vader no, no one's wait there, there we, we go. go okay uh i i do not this is a, this i is shenanigans yeah i am brief to do that well, and then i well. i just kind of keep it yeah. in my own life so but yeah, that's uh that is a capability which in the F16 it seemed like nobody used and in the F15C they seem to uh, use them so uh, but I am I have not been convinced because uh, normally what ends up happening I think I said it last time like I just do like this the whole time uh, and stop flying the airplane because it's uh, it's actually more difficult to aim so I'm like well that doesn't help me but <laughs> I don't know Flash did you ever use this? That's yeah that's the question. anybody? I never used them no I'm not the I one. didn't really I didn't really like as far as the it's the my the transitions through the aircraft. Like I was still figuring out like the MFDs and the HOTAS before I would move on to the next one. It's just like never got like good enough to get the all the intricacies of using all of the systems and having like the planets align and all that different stuff. I never really got got there to that to using that capability to be honest with you. I flew Block twenty fives in the B course and we didn't have Jahimix, so we just had whatever 55 piece, just a regular helmet. But we had the lookup scan. I don't know if you guys ever, I don't think I ever used it once I got yep. Jahimix. But yeah. we use that every BFM sort of you do like the lookup scan and then shoot whatever tone you got. And so it was like the sun half the time or like an airliner. <laughs> Not very often was it the guy you were fighting, but whatever. That's why you carry multiple 9Xs. Like, yeah, yeah, that's which not the right thing. We wouldn't. That's right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. BFM. That's dude. right. Yeah. yeah. Unlimited. Burn, burn Unlimited. We are burning through nine X's at the moment. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, that's Bye. that's a cheap way to deplete an inventory if you just keep sending balloons over. We're going to keep shooting out with nine X's, you know, or who knows? Well, and it's it's a great way oh. to, to force ourselves to buy new ones. It's like, oh, man, stockpiles running out. I did make a joke. I mean, it's probably Raytheon. They're sitting out on a boat somewhere in the Pacific Ocean, and they just keep popping these puppies up, and they're just like, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sure Raytheon's not doing that. That's right. Sponsor the podcast. Sure? Of course not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, this it is funny. Podcast? 
I mean, I've, we know Boeing's not going to sponsor the podcast. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to keep just alienate potential sponsors. <laughs> you know, see, it's, it's funny that's that we right. talk about these, like, come like, I don't know what, 400, half a million dollar missiles. And we're like, Oh man, there goes another half a million. It's like, that's like nothing. Like we spend, right, yeah. you know, like 12 F 35s and we spend more than that. You know, we do that twice a day at, or like five times a day at Hill or something like that. So it's, yeah. it's funny money, you know, oh, sorry, yeah. taxpayers. Yeah. yeah. Plus when we, I don't know if everybody's familiar with terrain denial, but it's a pretty high level tactic that we use in the air force where, you put a pretty accurate bomb with like a GPS guided <laughs> kit or whatever you're going to use. And then you put it into some dirt because you don't want people to walk on that dirt two weeks from now. Yep. I'm not sure that we have the test data, whether or not people do walk on the dirt. That's right. after the bomb. I think they do. I've, I've seen it where somebody, maybe, maybe not me, somebody dropped a uh, precision guided munition on a road, but it was like flat desert all around the road. So you cannot drive specifically on the road right there, but you can put two wheels on the dirt, drive, and then now get back <laughs> on the road. So uh, we denied about 25 yards of terrain. That's so, being generous. That's true. Yeah. I assume 25 it was a, feet. Yeah, I'm assuming yeah. it was a, a GBU-54. So, you know, 50K little pothole you put in the road. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know. I guess maybe they're worried about some didn't go off. Watch out. Uh, yeah. They probably have that's right. teams out there. That's right. Yeah. The roads. Oh, man. I don't know. What can you do? Yeah. I think oh, we all saw no. that. We got this one. Why are they not using uh, <laughs> nine mics or their older uh, models instead? You know, what? I don't know that maybe... is actually a really good question. Well, I didn't think of that. I don't know. That's good. So we, you... uh, Victor, oh, shout out to you, buddy. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. I, Maastricht, uh, ATC there, there. We had a, we had a beer in Maastricht not too long ago. So, so oh. picture. Yeah. yeah. That's a good question. I mean, I can, nice. I guess you guys know more me. Be cheaper. Yeah. That's why the uh, Raptors and yeah. Just flash, like, like, flash is going to disconnect from the chat now. <laughs> well, I didn't realize that, uh, Old Canada didn't doesn't have nine X's. They're getting them. Checks in the mail. I guess when you're shooting down a balloon and everyone's watching, like you definitely want to hit it the first time. Could you imagine yeah. if you missed the balloon? Like we all know that yeah. that'd be a difficult, like there's a lot that goes into that, but everyone's watching you miss the balloon. Like you wouldn't live that oh, down. It'd be I'm a hospital sure. renaming. Or, I'm not sure we haven't missed the balloons yet. Like we don't know. <laughs> I bet we have. My guess is somebody has missed the balloon. Yeah. Well, and you think about, yeah, like that one video is like very prevalent where you see that they shot it. But outside of that, like we don't know how many attempts it took. But I mean, that's, I've heard conversations where it's like the, the guy, the first guy who shot the first balloon got, it's not like you got a hero's welcome in the meme department. Like he, he got like destroyed in memes. And he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Think about being the first guy to miss the balloon. And then it's like, oh, well, we tried, you know, and then you just go home. Like there's going to, that would be not be a good day. I don't think you would let it down. If it keeps happening, it's going to happen. It's going to happen at some point. Don't be the guy that misses the balloon. And more than likely, it's not going to be anything to pop. 
Yeah, it's not going to be anything of their fault. It just might happen. But they I, uh, surely I'm will. I'm wondering what the questions are going to be there. Like, could you imagine? But you're going to be like, that's going to follow you for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. You're going to get renamed. You'll be the guy who missed the balloon. I don't even oh, want to know boy. what the names would be, but yeah. I hope I I hope the guy that shot the oh, balloon man. down, the first one, was the youngest raptor like wingman right out of MQT. I hope that'd be cool. I don't think that's the case. Like I don't think it is either. But, but I bet cool. you there's a bronze star, you know, in line for whoever did shoot that balloon down. With Valor, honestly. Oh, yeah. He was in the cons, like it was full up. You want to be in the cons in a raptor? It's like the oh, most yeah. dangerous place you can be. <laughs> against the balloon what, <laughs> i apologize for saying this one i i definitely sent it to bender and rain but the meme uh saying this for to 235 guys but it's like this picture from i think it was the duffel blog and it's like three f-35 shot down and three hour long balloon uh bfm engagement and uh, <laughs> 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 it, it just good. cracked me up yeah Yeah, I, I, the thing is, I have no idea how difficult it is to shoot a balloon down. It might be the, like the most difficult tactic we've ever thought of. Like, I have no idea, like, especially if all the other things that are being asked of you, you got to film it, you got to hit it from this, like, if you have all these different, all these different compounding things, it's not just like, okay, huck a missile and leave and kind of go from there, but I don't know. The uh, hey, we nailed it. Nailed it. Just, yeah, nailed it. We are effects. We are effects givers. We are effects givers. Yeah. <laughs> the it's, am I the only told one? to shoot down a balloon? The balloon is not there. Yeah. Am I the only one? Like I deployed, you know, did like em- employed weapons on a deployment. I was more stressed out at Wesup doing. So Wesup is you like you do these very very scripted very rigid shots like you have to do it at this range you have to say these things before you do it you have to count down from 10 to zero kind of thing um i was way more stressed out of of meeting all of these like test restrictions than just doing the real job you know and you're like man this is this is not like the real thing this is way worse than the real thing which makes sense because it's an air force organization yeah, and I can completely see too. Like dissimilar formation is a tough thing when you have big speed differences. I never, I've never intercepted a Cessna. I imagine me challenging. I've flown along an A1 Sky Raider, which flies really slow. But could you imagine going to try and rejoin with a balloon or fly past a balloon? I mean, it's just like plus out. Yeah, that that'd be a tough thing to do. I'll give him credit. I'll give him credit. Yeah, it's a good shot. Great shot. Oh, the safe yeah. escape yeah. maneuver was pretty full up. Like he was nine Great G's shot. getting away from that thing. Great shot. Golf clap. <laughs> let's see. Let's see how many more. Hey, should we should we should, should we put an over under? Should we make a bet on number Ooh. of nine X's shot in the month of February? <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably while in this one hour that we've been going, I mean, there's a good chance there's been another one shot down. <laughs> what do you think? Ten? What do you think? Over or under ten? I'll. Oh. Oh, I'll take the under on that. I was gonna, I was gonna oh. set the over under at. Uh, so we've 
like from now on, I was going to set the over under okay. at three and a half. <laughs> three and a half. Oh, are we already yeah. at four? No, he's saying after. So not counting the oh, first four. from here. Gotcha. Yeah. So I see. Not I'm going the under. Ones. Like from here, you're going under. I think we don't. I think we have zero more. I don't know. Down. Yeah. That's my guess. I say two. Zero more. I, I think there's two that they've been launched. They're, they're making their way. At some point, the Chinese have to stop sending balloons. It's going to cause. Well, this is the incentive to send. They're like generating as many as they can. They're like, send them all. Let's so you're going with zero then? No. I think we're going to do the math. <laughs> no, I am going to go with zero, but it's because we're doing the math. And we're like, this is dumb. There's like 7,000 more like in the trade winds headed this way. You know, we're a 400,000 dollar missile in each of these. <clears throat> like, stop it. Somebody stop it. So yeah, that's so it. But is it conditioning now? Now the next wave of drones just has all these like nano drones that just drop and sprinkle across the United States. You know, we've been conditioned now. Oh, no idea. Yeah, that's... I don't know. We got we got some we got some some people got four. So yeah. some people, a lot of people are taking the over rain. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, yeah, we got. I think I'm in the over. See, RKW I do appreciate quiet. So is, it eight or is, it, is it four? Yeah, I think I'm taking I'm taking uh, the over on this one because I think I think all these organizations, NORAD, Pentagon, like all these places, are just showing up to work today or showed up a few hours ago, freaking out because they probably never thought about this. They, they probably spilled their coffee today. They probably actually did some work. <laughs> uh, you know, what do I know? That's a good point. I, okay, so I'm gonna change mine. There's gonna be at least one more because the F-35. Has got to justify its existence. So well, they're going to let it fling. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of people uh, who are going to miss a balloon, I don't know. That's how you miss <laughs> Bender, you were the Strike Eagle advocate on all the other episodes, and now you've turned your back on them. No, it's just one episode last week. Well, I mean, that was the episode where we threw down with, uh, you know, best fighter to worst fighter, and you were you were advocating for the Strike Eagle. Just saying. Well, I don't remember that being exactly the case. I mean, those exact words. You, I, you're like, I am an advocate for the strike eagle. I do. I want it to be there because you have to have a wedge, and it's pretty much easy at that point. So <laughs> keep it here. The uh, flash. What do you? Internet think? doesn't so lie. I've, we can go back and check the tape. Yeah, I've watched yeah. the tapes. It's there forever. Well, I've heard a, a fellow uh, patch friend say that. At weapons school specifically, he said that the Strike Eagle is one of the most capable fighter aircraft on the planet. Did you experience that in all your time at Nellis? Yes. Like as so far as is- as far as capable airplanes, as far as capable airplanes, that thing is that thing is a beast. Like the like the the sense, the hardware on it, just like you were talking about with the C model radar on there, massive radar, massive amount of power, all the pylons imaginable. Like that airplane is incredibly capable. The airplane is incredibly capable. Yeah, and I will just leave it at that. <laughs> I've been the most diplomatic answer we've had yet about the Strike Eagle. Yeah. It, once you repeat, I it love those times, guys. I think the message was. I love those guys. <laughs> How, however, I think the emphasis on it now. But yeah, I gave it that. 
Good time. So Bain and Bain and all those guys. I love I love I love you, but <laughs> it's funny it because also, in an F thirty five, it is also the size of my house. <laughs> yeah. In the F thirty five community, you get you. We have pilots from everywhere, and I, I kid you not. If you were to line up twenty of them like on a wall, and you're like Bender, pick out the Strike Eagle pilots. I I bet you I'm hundred percent. I think I could do it. Like you, 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 you. I think I can nail that. The A ten guys. That's you can usually pick them out. Okay. Um, but the striking guys, guys sure. stick out like yeah. a sore thumb. It's like, yep, that's what I thought. The A ten guys just have like a huge lipper in with a quartz yeah. light all the time. I assume. Yeah, that's pretty much how you tell. Yeah. It's just so like you- a water bottle sticking out of their pocket. That is definitely for chew, not for water. Yeah, that's easy. Too easy. It's a bunch of hobo Hartmans running around. Not yeah. the name, but, but. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of city one. miles you, in that community. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. The uh, well, nobody's talked about the current. Uh, uh, so Jester uh, wrote, uh, "What do you think their end game is? Are they sniffing electrons out of the air uh, for some elant? Not it. <laughs> and it's off the screen. <laughs> I think they're yeah. up to something." It was a birthday party gone wrong. Some kid is crying over in China. His balloon got cut loose on the string. Then yeah. <laughs> the mean Americans shot it down. So I don't think, I think it's nefarious, whatever they're up to. Yep. It's definitely nefarious. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, one of the, one of the memes I, I really enjoyed was, oh, go ahead. Oh, apologize. There must be a lag on my, on my sound, but, uh, I think I, I, the the birthday party theory is is uh is high on the list. Like that's yeah. probably the truth. Um, but I think there's I think there's multiple I think there's multiple end games. If they're if it's truly ISR, if it's truly surveillance, like they have be getting it. If it's changed the calculus of our decision making, they're getting it. Uh, I think they might have about five or six different objectives, and I think they're accomplishing a lot of them. Uh, but as far as the end game. It's a, a whole host of different of different things it could possibly be, and as far as as far as what it's what it's going for, and then again, like the couple the last couple, they we haven't determined what they are like we it hasn't been disclosed what they are yet, so who knows? But uh, it's very interesting. I'm very interested to see over the next uh, month or two on how this all shakes out. I do appreciate how you said that. Yeah, they haven't disclosed what they seem to be because the news reporting is they're unidentified. And I'm like, you shot down an airplane that you didn't identify? Like, I feel like that's not the case. But the uh, rain, this one's for you coming in hot. Oh, oh I, I just hit hide. Do you do it again? Whatever. Right, whatever. Here you go. Sorry, we got too many people driving the boat. No. Uh, so good. How'd you like the extra 300? Yeah, I got to fly the extra 300 last week. That was awesome. It's completely, I would say for a prop plane, right it was the closest feeling to a viper you know, as far as like maneuverability obviously the thrust wasn't there but it's probably you know comparable like if you got the g on like you're going to deplete your energy state fairly quickly but uh compared to flying something that weighs 766,000 pounds it was kind of nice to go up there and flip upside down and pull g's but i learned in a tailwheel plane and then, you know, for t- last 20 years, haven't been flying tailwheel. So flying that, learning what a rudder pedal is again, that was, was, was unique. It was fun. 
you know yeah you guys are shooting down balloons and stuff and i'm flipping upside down the uh did it when you do you pull some g's like how many did you get like six so i mean the extra because depending on weight and occupancy like eight g's is the limit but single occupancy i mean don't quote me on this i'm probably like like bender i'm like there's a bunch of things but plus 10 g's like i pulled 11 g's with rob holland and his mx but it's instantaneous so it's much different like nine and a half g's in the viper sustain right like that is that is pain 11 g's not so bad negative six g's absolutely terrible that's the worst thing on earth so they love the negative stuff and i'm like "Mm mm-mm I flew with Rob, who is a world aerobatic champion. We did this whole routine. I have no idea what's happening because we're flipping upside down. Like we're stationary, like defying physics. I thought we were done. He's like, we got enough time for an outside loop, which was absolutely terrible. So it's a different world, but flying extra is fun. I would take one. Yeah. I mean, they, they seem nice. The, uh, that's that's what I noticed the difference between the G, at least me flying the C model. The C model is very pilot dependent, uh, but the peak G is pretty darn close to like F-16 stuff. Like I pulled 8.4, 8.6, I think. Um, but it's like almost imperceptible. Like it's just like, hey, you pulled 8.6 back there. And it's like, holy cow, I didn't even see that. You know, like you're living in like the sevens, you know, you'll and and again, this is me. So there's other people who can probably just like, set eight and a half g's and hold it uh but me it's just like this super tall like spike and then roll off uh so you don't even notice it like you don't even feel you know in the f-16 when you would like really like lay on the nine g's you'd like feel your body like settle in under the g like i've never felt that in the c model at least not yet but maybe Do you have a beeper in the c model is it oh yeah yeah all the beepers they all sound the same which is okay. uh not ideal so sometimes you're like going for it and you're like oh yeah here we go and then like the altitude warning is like beep, 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 and you're like oh geez did i just over oh no and then you lose because you eased off but yeah it's uh it's like uh, again knowing actual numbers of these things is difficult but it's uh it's like solid tone when you're within like two percent i'm totally wrong but it's like once you get into like the mid seven g's normally if you have nine g's allowable because you get into footprint and if you have any asymmetric it constantly computes your instantaneous g which is kind of convenient because you can over the g over g the jet versus the f-16 um so it'll tell you so if you but if you have nine g's allowable and you pull back you get into like the mid to high sevens you'll hit single rate uh beeper you hit like eight g's to like eight and some change you'll hit double rate beeper and then that last like call it 8.6 to nine is like solid tone so like you could theoretically like set and it's just like a solid tone of hey if you do anything other than hold what you got you will over g this jet um i haven't uh yet heard the solid tone i hope i don't and uh and i've noticed my my break turn because everything's a break turn in the C model. So if you're offensive, you do a break turn into the advers- to enter the adversary's control zone. Uh um, or turn circle, yeah. So it's not a turn circle entry like an F16 referred to. Uh but your break turns like my first break turn is like six and a half. And then my second one's like seven and a half. And then my third one's like eight. Uh so it's like it's that, you know, moving the controls is it's different. Like it's not I I can't just, I mean because I could actually over G like I don't have the consistent, just like snatch eight and a half G's and feel comfortable. 
Does the jet tell on you if you asymmetrically over G it? Yeah. So you have this, uh, it's called the OWS, the owls. Um, and it's the over G warning system. And it's like a page you like punch in a little cheat code and it, it'll bring it up on one of your screens and it'll tell you like fuselage wings. It'll tell you the entire jet. It breaks it down into how many G's you pulled on each section and then the total. So if you have an over G, it'll tell you real time, like you'll do it and you can immediately pull up the house and then it'll say like, Hey, you had 107% on the wings or you had 125% and this jet is like busted. Um, so yeah, it's like engineering standard, right? So yeah, well, apparently not here, but the, uh, but yeah, it's like, if you, yeah, if you get over a hundred percent, you over but then like we've all seen, you know, maintenance is like, Oh, that doesn't matter. And they just like put it back on the line. If it's not like a heinous one. I was just thinking, cause unless the Vipers changed, it was only like O two O four jets. Like the ones at Shaw, there's only like a handful of them that would actually be able to tell if you asymmetrically over G'd, but they only download that data, every an info quad data, whatever that stands for again, I forget. Uh, because I did, I did happen to asymmetrically over G a Viper once. So, um, I'd be surprised if you didn't asymmetrically over G on all of those sorties. Like, yeah, no way. I mean, Everyone. Affecting the, they only called me on one. So hack, uh, Jackson, you know, the OG called me on one day and said, Hey, do you remember this sortie? And it was like a year in the past. I was like, yeah, I remember that it was Evansville, Indiana. He's like, you asymmetrically over G, you know, zero five zero. I was like, I don't, I don't deny that. There's high probability. Uh, you know, the data, the data speaks for itself, but I was just thinking like of all the maneuvers you do in the Viper, like fighting, like that thing probably gets asymmetrically over G all the time. And we have no idea whatsoever. All the time. Yeah. I would, I all would brief, all the time. I would brief students to asymmetrically over G the jet. That was my tactic in high aspect. I was like, do not let go of the back sick pressure. Just start rolling. It'll be fine. And uh turns out most of Holloman's jets are probably asymmetrically over G because of this guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would if you say, do it enough though, don't you think it kind of evens out? It just like straightens everything up. Yeah, you gotta do like right. a counter Hobbs maneuver, like one to the left, one to the right, different yeah. sets just to kind of bend the jet back and forth. Uh, yeah, I would I would never right. complain that That's the right. jets did not fly straight. Yeah. Cause I knew I was bending them. Yeah. Vader Vader, how's a uh... How's a, I mean, we've flown a ton of airplanes, um, but how's going from a stick that doesn't necessarily move to like a ton of stick authority, like in the Eagle that you actually have to fly and you can go through things and things like that, that, that you didn't have previously in the Viper. What was the transition? Like? Unless you've already answered that question on one of these podcasts. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I'm still learning it uh, because it's, it's not, Flying, just like doing normal things, flying to and from the airspace, takeoff, landing, all that stuff, formation, same. Like, I don't even notice. I don't even think, that I like, I don't even process that it's different. The biggest thing that I notice is when I'm fighting and I need to ask for more or ask for less of the jet, I'm terrible at it. Like, I, because it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like, I'm like, I eased off back stick pressure and they were like, you didn't do anything. And I'm like, no, 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 like a quarter of an inch. Like it totally makes sense. And they're like, no, yeah, it's like three fist yeah. widths. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's, I didn't do that. And then, so that's normally when, when I'm, awesome. when Write I have down. performance, Write it down. three fist widths. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds like a lot to me. But the, uh, yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. A lot. But yeah, that's where, that's the stuff where I'm just terrible at. Like I just, it just, I don't process that real time. Like I look out the window, I see what I want to do. And then I like try to fly the jet there and then my hands just do things. And I'm like, so to speak. And then it's like, well, my it, hands yeah. just do things. And I, and I normally don't win. So I know I'm not doing the right things. I think that's going to be the title of this pot, this uh, episode. My, my hands, hands just, just do, do things. My hands yeah. just do things. Watch out, people. My hands just yeah. do things. <laughs> oh, oh this is probably a quick. You kind of mentioned it oh, earlier, yeah. Vader, like alluded to it, but that's a simple softball one. Speaking of over G's, because that does happen. The G limit uh, talk begs the question: What does maintenance do on planes that have been over G'd? I'm assuming a ground and inspection the entire airframe for cracks. You'd be surprised. I think you would be surprised. Well, the first thing that you do is you go get your tapes and you go frame by frame, like Vader said earlier, because most likely you didn't over jet. So it's, it was like, what was it, like 25 frames in the Viper of over Sounds 110% good. or something? So Yeah, you start like where you first see it, go backwards, and then yeah. go, yeah, was it 25 frames before, 25 frames after or something? I don't know. I could be confusing it with, you know, counting gun bullets, whatever, but something awesome. with frames, you had to have a certain amount of frames over the 110% of the G limit or something. So. Yeah. But I, I think that was reasonably not made up. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds Most yeah, of our knowledge. Yeah. You're counting frames. Yeah. But then yeah. it's, it all depends on how right. aggressive the over G was like duration and intensity, kind of like earthquakes, maybe. I don't know about those either. Uh, but the, <laughs> the, uh, either way. Yeah. Then maintenance has varying levels of maintenance or inspections they have to do to check for stuff. So if it was a relatively mild over G, um, they may pull a couple panels. Um, if it's like a super aggressive, like a couple years back, there was that one C model guy that pulled like 13 plus G's or something in the C model. And, uh, yeah, like they'll stuff will break or bend that they're like, this plane can't fly again. Kind of like, um, what's it called? Uh, salvaging your truck, you know, like if some accidents, the vehicle can't come away from same with over G's, some over G's can be so heinous that the jets can't come back from like the movie top gun maverick where in like a matter of like four days they significantly over g'd all their f-18s but just kept on going like yep it's a 10g platform yeah <laughs> those be snapping right. in half that's right <laughs> oh man oh this is another Love this is a, a vader question there yeah did did you click that one I think I was clicking the same one. Or did you click it? Oh, look at a simul click. Oh, nice. Uh, so, yeah. So, from Jester again, uh, do you feel the difference in the C model uh, <laughs> uh, with the incline of the seat versus the Viper and G tolerance? Uh, I don't because, because uh, again, I'm not good at pulling Gs in the uh, F15C. Uh, so, I don't pull that many Gs, like as compared yeah. to pulling Gs. Yeah. And I probably won't ever. Uh, but the, uh, but yeah, the F16. It was just very easy. It was like the easy button. You can pull as many G's as you want pretty much anytime you're fast. Where in the C model, you really got to work for it. So the F-16, you could sustain a lot more G's for longer than I can currently. So the vertical seat doesn't really play a factor because I just live at those higher G's much shorter periods of time. Uh, so I don't really notice it. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say the vertical seat is more of an inconvenience when you want to relax 
and the whole time you're like sitting upright and uh and you're like gosh this just it it's not that annoying until you're like flying home and you're like ah i just want to like sit back but you you can't so uh very formal yeah that's true prim and proper well i gotta skedaddle guys i'm sorry oh, uh, yeah. sorry to cut the party short well there's always one no this is fun uh <laughs> Flash, thanks for joining in. Oh, you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. Thanks for Bender again for thinking of me. I'd love to do this with you guys again uh, another time, anytime. Guys. Yeah, Flash is really it brings brings the A game. We'll have to work on the mic. Let's yeah. send you next mic. Well, yeah, it's too. Well, I'm not gonna say what time. Well, everybody can do the math, but it's the middle of the day. So next time, maybe we should do it towards the end of the day. That's a bad That's on true. me, so that Flash can you know go get his. I agree. Stuff. I agree. I think Bender set this time. Everyone who's uh, watching and had to like just change their daily plans. You can thank Bender for this time. Flash just don't work as much. Well, Flash is- I, trust me, I don't. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'll work. I'll work on the. I'll work on the uh, the technology. The technology. I'm noticing headsets and microphones. If I'm going to be a, a guy on this, I need to step my game up. Like I talked last time. Uh, to you, Rain. So, uh, again, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I, uh, I love it. It's awesome. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.